0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week are my two absolutely amazing co-hosts. First up, he was bitten by a radioactive spider, and all he got was this incredibly tight spandex costume, Joe Perez.
1: Hi! I uh, I wish I had the spandex costume. I have a costume, though. It's totally true. I do have a Spider-Man outfit, because, well...
0: Also with us, doesn't have a Spider-Man costume to my knowledge, but does have a really cute dog, uh, Liz Harper. Howdy. It's By the way, your dog is very... Um, uh, I just thought I should say I, sh-
2: I was going to say she would be glad to hear that, but then I thought, you know, she would only be glad to hear that if it came with someone scratching her ears and feeding her peanut butter.
0: I mean, these are what you do. So, I mean, yeah. that, that, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. True, yeah.
1: true hound fashion. <laughs>
0: But all right, uh, we're going to do the old top stories bit that we do. If you're familiar with the show, we talk about various things going on in the world of Blizzard Entertainment and its many games, as well as other games now, because we're branching out a bit. Uh, But this week, we're going to start with the bad thing first. Um, The the lawsuit from the Department of Fair uh, Employment and Housing, the California Department of uh, Fair Employment and Housing, against Blizzard has just gotten wider. because they now accuse blizzard's HR department of having destroyed documentation. And also they've expanded the suit to include temporary workers. Uh, what that means is basically recently a court struck down, um, California had a proposition that was basically, uh, bludgeoned into existence by Uber and Lyft that you could not, you could have certain people who work for you, not count as employees. They just be contractors, uh, then you wouldn't have to provide them with certain benefits and protections. And the state, you know, the California Supreme Court was like, this is absolutely illegal in our constitution. You cannot do this. This law cannot exist. Uh, you can't treat workers this way. And I think that's got something to do with the timing of the change to the lawsuit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of the people who would have counted as quote unquote contractors are now being called workers and are, they have to be treated the same Uh, basic protections of the laws of california as you know anybody else who works for a company they count as employees and i i just i think it was liz who recently republished our post about how many days it's been since the original walkout and how blizzard's you know leadership not even blizzard leadership activision's leadership has done jack all so uh liz was that was you right
2: That was me. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep republishing it and updating it and until something happens. So I assume I'm going to keep doing that for like the rest of my natural life. Because corporations do not like to admit fault, because fault would imply they're liable for something and being liable for something might cost them money. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as of today, it's been 28 days since the employees Activision Blizzard published a list of demands for the company to improve working conditions.
1: And to be and, fair, these uh, weren't very, very bad demands. If you're late to the party, these are yeah. like the bare minimum of like how to be a decent place to work.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they aren't bad demands. I do think I don't know if any of them are likely to happen. Like the thing about um, ending forced arbitration—that is both so important to creating an open workplace where employees can fight against abusive behavior. But it's also such a big corporate practice that so many big companies use to protect themselves. It's like the easiest way for a company to protect itself from anything. So all of these big companies do it. And I think that's going to be really hard to take down. Yeah, one but thing it's to call- a reasonable, it's a very reasonable request. I yeah. mean, this is secrecy is what keeps allows abusers to keep abusing.
0: And I think in that's this case, time. yeah, there's something else I want to jump in with.
2: Yeah. Uh, go for it,
0: go. Also, during the new suit, one of the things they point out is that another thing that Activision Blizzard has done is by by using NDAs so liberally. They've effectively created an atmosphere where people have to go to the company and say, "Hey, can I report this person to to, to the to California? Can I can I tell people about this?" And of course, they're told they don't, no. So it's a it's a way to basically stifle the investigation against them in the first place, Uh, much as you're pointing out that by using forced arbitration, instead of it being a group of people like the in a unionized situation, a union would like take this to the company and there would be collective bargaining here with forced arbitration. There's no collective bargaining. It destroys collective bargaining. It means that you're always alone against the company. The company can bring the full the full bear of its resources. You got nobody. You don't even have a lawyer, um, and, and that's yeah. That's- and also,
2: you just can't talk about it. You may have something that's resolved through arbitration that just it never gets publicized, probably because there are mm-hmm. NDAs, and even within the company, probably most people do not know about it. And it's that kind of silence that protects abusers and lets them to keep lets them keep abusing.
1: Uh the other so thing so
2: important to end this, but I don't know how. I don't know if it's gonna happen.
1: The other scary part about that too, if you've never worked in, in a state that has at-will employment, uh is oh, that when God. you yeah, California does, if I remember correctly. And so like if you go to the company and say, I want to report somebody, and they say no, you can't do that, then they can just you know turn around and you know either put you in arbitration or fire you and don't have to give a reason why. And that may mean that you can collect unemployment. That's really the only difference. Uh, They don't create a paper trail so that you can't get the money. But like at will states and working in an environment like that is terrifying because you could just lose your job because you decided to try to do the right thing or stand up for yourself. And it creates that environment that Liz is talking about where it's like it's fear and separation and anxiety. And like, especially if you're a marginalized person or a person who is on the receiving end of that abuse, you feel like you don't have any recourse. It's awful. It's absolutely awful,
0: and we should point out, like among the other uh, the other um, things that they demanded, the in addition to the end of forced arbitration, they wanted open posting of salaries for 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 bands of employment, which is something you're actually supposed to get when you apply. Uh, a California, if you're applying for a job in California, they're required to tell you what they pay you. Yeah. You don't it's not like how much do you think you should get they're supposed to tell you what they're willing pay This is what the job pay,
1: pay range is like they're supposed yeah. to tell you up front
0: the band of of your your reinforced your payment uh, because they don't have that kind of disclosure at Activision Blizzard uh, people you, you can be working the exact same job as somebody else and he can be making 3 times what you make yeah, and, and since nobody tells anybody what they're being paid because it's it's culturally frowned upon there's no way for you to know and so you have no idea that you know, you're know you barely hanging on paying rent in this area, which is not cheap to live in. I'll just be upfront with you. No place anywhere around Los Angeles is cheap to live in, um, especially not Irvine, if you've ever been there. It's, it's, it's not like low rent. Let's put it that way. Um, it, it can be really difficult to know, okay, am I being fairly compensated? And that's because also, no one that, talks about it
1: it's also endemic of just the tech industry in general now as well and it's like i don't want to put like say that this is a unique activision blizzard problem because sadly it's not
0: oh no the, I, we just found out yesterday that there's a big movement called apple too yes yeah. the same stuff about apple And i guarantee you that if you name another tech company it's going to be there and then I mean, the s- there's
1: but that also loops back into the other thing while it's like, technically they can't retaliate against you for sharing your salary. It's frowned upon. And again, at will state it, like, Oh yeah, this is what I make a, a year, blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, yeah. Then you, you could just be fired because the company decides to, because you shared your salary. Like it, it's, it's messy. Super. Yeah, they super messy. They don't
0: have to, since they don't have to come up with a reason to fire you yep. it's as you just pointed out at will, they can fire you just because it's Sunday. You know, and it does create an atmosphere of of fear because, you know, nobody wants to get fired. And it's like, you know, so many things come from your employer in the United States. Uh, Your health care often does. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot riding on you having a job. So, yeah.
1: And sometimes a place to live, because a lot of places, especially in California, and I know like New York City um, as just like examples of places that I know of. A lot of times getting a place to live is contingent upon proving you have credit which also is contingent upon proving you have employment. And so, like, you can also be denied a place to live if you get fired. Like, it's a lot of people ask the question of why don't people, like, stand up and fight against this and, you know, and rail against this in mass. And it's because of fear right? Like it's,
0: well, yeah, everyone's kept isolated in the first place. You have no idea what other people are being paid. You've got forced arbitration going on. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got HR departments that are like working very assiduously to prevent any liability for the company, not to prevent abuse. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: that's something that, you know, we really do have to mention a lot of times the HR department, it's there to, to serve the company. It's not there for the people being harassed. It's there. I mean, the very fact that we've we've seen people quietly dismissed from their jobs rather than actually fired. And we have no idea like which of these people was fired for being an abuser or being abusive, or are they splashback where they were just in a chat room and didn't do anything. We have no idea. We have no way of knowing there's no transparency. There's no way to know some of the
1: documents that were destroyed too. Who knows?
0: Absolutely. That's the other thing. And since we're taught on that subject, and I, I think I think both you and Liz will have something to say on this subject. But if you punish the destruction of this kind of these kind of files with a fine, that is not punishment for a company as big as Activision Blizzard.
1: Yeah, because the fine unless is, the fine is ruinous, which it isn't, and it never is, and uh-huh. because it also comes back to it's going against the company, not an individual. So it's the company's coffers, and the company can offset any fines that they suffer by I don't know firing a couple temporary workers. Um, and we've seen companies do that in the past. Like, it's awful. Sorry, Liz, I didn't mean to cut you off, but please go ahead.
2: I know. I mean, I would just have said pretty much the same thing you do. I mean, yeah, the fine like- would have to be gigantic to make an impact. And it still doesn't bring back whatever information was lost. I mean, if this was done, you could maybe generously say, oh, maybe this was an accident. I don't know. Uh, so that would be the generous reading. And in that case, a fine still does not bring those documents back, does not tell you if that was something relevant to this case. And uh, on kind of the more cynical side of reading this, you think, well, maybe someone at Activision Blizzard looked at this and said, OK, paying a fine for destroying these documents will cost us less than the litigation or penalties that we would face from handing over these documents. Mm
1: hmm. It's
2: a math equation.
1: And so it always always boils down to math, right? Unless you can make Mm -hmm. it to a point that it's absolutely so ruinous that they cannot recover from it. Yeah, it's just. Yeah.
0: So basically, the whole reason that we brought this up in the first place was because it's very easy for this kind of thing to fall off of the news cycle. Um, There's no movement. The company's not doing anything. So there's nothing to report from a certain perspective. The very fact that they're not doing something is news, but it's very hard to make it news that you, it's like, what do you say? Okay, they're still doing nothing. da 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 You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it gets really hard to cover this kind of stuff. We're, we're committed to doing that. Um, I think Liz said it best when she said that we stand with the, the workers at Activate Blizzard um, back when we did the, last, the first podcast talking about this. We're going to keep bringing it up. We're going to keep talking about it. Uh, but unfortunately, as it stands right now, there is not much else to say. Uh, which which is why at least we, we wanted to bring up the, the new lawsuit and the fact that th- these things have been happening. Um, and like I said, it is not just Blizzard. I mean, the you know a better Ubisoft is out there. Riot Games has got the exact same lawsuit going on against them right now. The Apple thing broke this week. I guarantee you, so, if you were about to mention a tech company or a game company that hasn't been mentioned in this kind of thing, they've been mentioned in it before. Uh, I heard stuff about EA this week. It's just going to keep coming out because the entire culture is really in need of an overhaul. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I think we're going to move on. Oh, go ahead, Liz. I'm sorry.
2: I would just say, and once one person starts speaking out, it becomes easier for a second person to start speaking out and a third because there's strength in numbers. Abusers protect themselves with silence because no one knows. Uh, And the more people talk out, the more people can talk out and push for change. So I do hope something is going to come of this, and I'm frightened that it won't, but I hope it does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And now the impossible segue of moving from that (laughs) to patch 9.1.5 news. Um, But yeah, since we do have to talk about it. And I I do think this is a good thing. Uh, One thing I did want to bring up, too, before we talk about this, I've seen several people who work at Blizzard make this point that, um they've been working on stuff this whole time they've been working on stuff for for years at this point uh you know that's coming out them being excited about the cool thing they made does not equate to forgetting what's been going on at the corporate level and i just feel like that needs to be pointed out it's still worth talking about these cool things that are happening (sighs) anyway new character customization in patch 9.1.5 for uh Void Elves and late Forge Draenei, I um, Basically, they're just getting the, the options that regular Draenei and Blood Elves got. And that's great, because there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, void Elves, I didn't know that this was a thing. Void Elves are apparently getting bigger ears. Like, you'll now have an ear slider. You can pick different ear lengths as a Void Elf. Um, I mean, Void sh-
2: Elves... Blood elves got a uh, different ear lengths than what 9.0 or the pre-patch.
0: I think so. Yeah. But that's, that's like yeah. I said, when I talked about it on Twitter, I was huh. like me telling you that I don't play blood elves without actually saying <laughs> I don't play blood elves. Cause I had no idea. I knew that night elves had had an ear slider now. Um, Cause I've, there's multiple different links of night elf here, but I didn't, it didn't occur to me that anybody else had gotten that uh, probably should have. I mean, nightborne probably basically use a lot of the same stuff. So. But regardless, that's happening. Uh, Void Elves will get that. They'll get some other customization options as well. Um, the, uh, the Lightforgeder and I will get different hairstyles and horns that they haven't had up till now. You know, various other customization things. Also in 9.1.5, we're going to get uh, soloable island expeditions. So you don't have to queue up with, with two other people anymore. You can still queue up with two other people. But if you just want to go and run around and try and get like the various transmog drops and pets and so forth, from island expeditions, you can do that. Uh, you don't need people to come with you anymore. I personally am for both of these things, especially the island expedition change, because as I've pointed out multiple times, I'm a literal transmog fiend. Like I'm, it's, I'm it's a little true.
1: He's he's yeah. actually like a whole bunch of transmog in a trench coat.
0: Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm basically a constantly shifting set of outfits more than a man at this point. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that the the change to solo island. I think basically. Something they did in 9.0.5 that I just got done writing a post that'll eventually go live on the site, uh, uh, talking about LFR, solo LFR. I think the reason we started talking about it was because Liz was like, how do I get into – can I get LFR gear anymore? And I was like, yeah, you can just go to the person in and and queue up for all the LFRs solo. And from that, she was like, there should be a post about this. And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I'm going to have to write this post, aren't I? And I did write it. And it, of course, took much longer than I wanted it to because it always does. It's the thing about you think these are simple ideas and they are simple ideas, but at the same time, there's like seven NPCs. You have to tell people where they are and how to find them. And then you're like, okay, and you can do this and you can do this and you can do this and you can get this. Um, And they always take longer than I thought, but what's really interesting about all this stuff is that it is stuff that goes towards that idea of character customization. Um, Solo Island expeditions means that you can get all those unique looks that were only available with if you could convince two other people to queue up for with you and then you had to like, you know, basically convince them, look, if this thing drops, please let me have it. Uh, so I think that's great. Um, and I, I, am always down for more customization. What do you guys think is going to be next since it seems like they're kind of doing Mm -hmm. this like multiple offensive of new things for 1.5? Um,
2: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would hope they would kind of continue opening up access to older content because the thing about island expeditions in particular is you had to queue for them you couldn't just walk in an instance portal so like even if you can solo that content and by the end of battle for azeroth a lot of people probably could have soloed an island expedition uh but even if you could you couldn't walk in an instance portal you couldn't just go in by yourself you had to queue and get three people so um, this just opens up access because it was really, really difficult to go and find three people to do expansion old content that has no relevance outside of transmog and collecting pets and mounts and kind of unique things you can get there. Um, one thing I don't think they've done is, uh, uh do, they haven't done the raid loot for Battle for Azeroth. The, no,
0: no, it's, it's they, they bumped I Legion forget up, what it's but, called. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I know what you saw legacy loot system, sorry.
2: Yes, that's what I'm going for. They haven't done legacy loot for Battle for Azeroth. So you even if you can go in solo battle for Azeroth raids or do them in a small group, um, yeah, it's just personal loot. So you may go in and get nothing. So
0: yeah, that, that, that is something I'd like to see them do. Like They did that in yeah. uh, BFA for Legion content mm-hmm. because people were just blowing it up anyway. And they had that long period of time where... Everybody was home because we were, you know, doing the lockdown, yep. Yep. but we did, there was no sign of Shadowlands on the horizon. So they, they kind of had to give people things. I think in general, the idea that legacy loot should be two expansions ago is outdated. There's no reason I to not, think, you know, have it earlier.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're right. I do think kind of two expansions ago is the point at which it becomes particularly easy to go back and solo that content, which, so I can kind of understand where that line goes because that's the point where you're going back and like burning down that old content, but
1: also yeah, but there's the people that are burning the, there's people that are burning down that content when it's still normal. Like I, no, we sit, well, we yeah. sit here we we have we've had articles that we've posted of of people that solo raids at level like
2: yep. it's it's wild. But I think there's a point at which anyone can really easily sure. do this stuff, and I think they I think Blizzard has traditionally kind of waited for that point before opening it up like that.
0: Yeah, but I, I think in the case of Battle for Azeroth stuff, it would make more sense at this point to get rid of Legacy, to make, just put Legacy loot in for it and just let people start farming it, because it's only going to get easier, and it's already pretty easy for a lot of it. Um, but at this point, we're going to go to what I call the, the the usual segment where I force Liz to talk about Hearthstone so I can <laughs> drink some of this drink I have. Um and I, I get that there's not anything new to talk about with Hearthstone, but I am curious about this, the meta for it, because we've talked about this a bit. Um, from what I'm understanding from reading Phil's article on this subject, basically the way that, that Hearthstone works now is all the old decks, like the control decks that were so popular in previous mm-hmm. versions of Hearthstone are completely out the gate now. They just don't, you don't bother trying to use them. Can you explain Like uh, that's that's because of the quest line stuff?
2: Uh. Yes, I mean I think this is kind of all spawned because of quests. So control decks weren't the only thing you could play in the past, but they were always a big presence on the uh, in competitive Hearthstone and honestly playing against a control deck could be really tiresome. I mean there were times when you would play against a control warrior and you would like go until there's like a point where the game will just call it a draw because it's gone on so many turns. There's a point where you can just die from exhaustion because after your cards run out, it does damage to you whenever you try to draw a card and you don't have a card. Mm -hmm. And it's an increasing amount of damage. So you can't just, so you would have games that could go into where people are dying from exhaustion, fighting an old control warrior, which like it's interesting to watch once. And then it's like, oh God, I'm fighting another control warrior on the ladder. Why, why my life? Um but right now the meta is all about speed. It is all about zooming ahead and quest lines play a significant part of that because all of the quest lines in Hearthstone basically like every one of them if you get to the end of the quest line it gives you something so great that you're probably going to win the game. So it's all about completing your quest line really 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 fast. As fast as you can. And uh, so you can't play a control deck. A control deck cannot hold out against what's at the end of these quest lines. Like if you do the priest quest line, and this is not a popular one, priest is not big on the meta right now, but the priest quest line, like the last card is destroy your opponent. I mean, I think that's literally the last card. So even if you aren't playing a questline deck, which gives you a really clear win condition in like a really short number of turns, even if you aren't doing that, you have to play a deck that is fast. It is all about hitting your opponent in the face as fast and hard as you possibly can. Um, It's one of the things that uh, Phil mentioned in his article. Phil, Phil led with two Paladin decks. And I'm a big fan of playing Paladin, and I... I get the strange feeling that he is too, because he didn't just lead with a Paladin deck, he led with two of them. Uh, And I'm going to have to try it. One uh, one of them he listed was Handbuff Paladin. And I used to really love to play Handbuff Paladin like way back in like uh, the Gadgadsen days because they just had all of these cards. Um, I guess I should stop and explain that for people who don't play Hearthstone a lot. Uh, Handbuff is like basically where you play cards that buff all the cards in your hand. And so, yeah. So you'd put down a card and the card would be like, all minions in your hand get plus one, plus one. And so then you put down another card that's like, all minions in your hand get plus one, plus one. Or you put down a card that says, every turn, all minions in your hand get plus one, plus one. And you keep playing stuff like this, and then you play like a one cost minion that's like 20, 20, and you just murder everything. That's an exaggeration, but that's the idea. So I always I always enjoyed that playstyle. It Phil says this is a workable deck, but hand buff can be slow because you have to build up those cards in your hand. so i'm gonna I'm gonna have to try this out. And of course, we have Kitty in chat saying filthy paladin mains because paladins. Paladins are just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're quite on the meta.
0: okay. i'm I'm really glad that i got you to talk about this stuff because people have been asking us to do hearthstone stuff forever and i'm always like sitting here going i don't really understand hearthstone so this is really cool and i actually know more about hearthstone now because you've been talking about um for instance this entire concept of quest lines is fascinating uh but anyway last thing i think we're going to bring up before we move on to them questions that you guys send in to us is the diablo 2 uh resurrected open beta happened over the weekend um since we we've, we've played in the early, the early access beta before that and i remember playing in the technical alpha as well it didn't really like bring any new surprises or anything um but one of the things that i did want to talk about was that it was a fairly smooth open beta yeah a lot of people were playing it uh, i played it on my xbox and i played it on my pc i don't i could have technically played it on my old playstation but i didn't um i, I have a playstation 4 i could have used but i didn't do that um honestly and I'm, I'm working on a post about this in my head. Like I, I I'm trying to, to get it written for this week. Uh, I think that honestly, it's a little bit better on consoles or with a console controller. Um, if you have like, I actually have for my PC, I've got a Logitech that's basically just a PlayStation uh, dual shock. And I also have a PlayStation DualShock that I sometimes use because you can plug a PlayStation controller directly into your computer and it will work. Um, pro tip if you have a PlayStation controller lying around for your ps4 and you're like I need a new controller for my computer you feel free to plug it in it'll just work um, at least it did on mine honestly that there it's really good on on, on controller it, it works really well it feels a little weird at first because you're not clicking on an area and walking over to it you're actually like pointing the joystick and, and going that way but once you get used to it it plays really smooth the controllers work really well for Diablo because you don't have that many attacks. Um, did, did either of you get a chance to play on a controller or you both play on PC? I played PC.
2: Completely. I, I only played on my PlayStation. Honestly, I've been playing Diablo three on my PlayStation lately. And so I just fired up Diablo two on my PlayStation and it felt totally natural. I mean, the
0: control scheme seems to work really well. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't jump in immediately, but there was something happening (laughs) outside with a squealing child, um, live streaming, everybody. Uh, but yeah, I, I, do, I do really agree. I think that this is... Um, it's funny that the Diablo games have always kind of been something that I felt worked well on on console. I think Joe and I have both talked about the fact that the first time, like for a lot of people, the first time they played the original Diablo was on the play, the original PlayStation.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: What we call PlayStation 1 now, but obviously at the time it was just called PlayStation. Um, kind of like the Great War. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I feel like this is one of the situations where... It's kind of a revelation to me how well it works in this regard. Um, the other thing is, I think when I first played it on the Alpha, I talked about how it kind of feels a little slowed down. Like, if you've been playing Diablo 3 and then you go and play Diablo 2, you're like definitely going to gonna be like, this is a more deliberate game. Not necessarily the gameplay, though, because the fights are actually pretty frenetic. Um, when you really get into a serious boss fight territory, like when you're, you're fighting Blood Raven or Dariel you're still, it's still pretty active. You're still trying really hard to not die and to kill this thing. But because there's, there's a lot of stuff that isn't streamlined, like you still need the town portal scrolls, you still need identify scrolls, you still need to go back to town a lot to dump stuff off, uh, that slows down the play without slowing down the gameplay. Does that make sense? Am I, am I like babbling here, or is that actually something you guys think might, might be on the I don't know.
2: Yeah, I was sitting here kind of staring at the ceiling thinking about this, and I, I don't have a strong opinion about it either. I mean, yes, you have to do a lot more running back to town and you have to carry all those town portal scrolls.
0: Uh, I want to make it clear that I'm not know. criticizing that necessarily. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's interesting that the game feels I don't want to say slower because slower isn't the right word, but it feels more like there's, there's stages between deliberate. things. Yeah, deliberate. Deliberate's the one yeah, I use.
2: Deliberate's before. a good word.
0: So. But in terms of the open beta, it was really successful. I think a lot of people played it. Um, I didn't have that many issues playing it. Like I didn't, it didn't crash. I don't think it actually crashed at all when I was playing on BC. Um, And and when I played on my Xbox, I I don't recall a crash, but it might have crashed. Mostly on, uh, I'll be up front when I was playing on the, on the Xbox, I was mostly just running around going, I'm playing Diablo on an Xbox. Um, Because I, it's still, after all these years, it's still kind of novel to me every time I get to play a Diablo game on the Xbox. And I've been playing Diablo 3 on my Xbox for years now. Um, and it really, you know, like Liz said, it works really well on there. So it's not a surprise that Diablo 2 works pretty well, too. Uh, anything else before we move on to them, their emails and questions and so forth?
1: Uh, I think I'm good.
0: Liz? I don't have anything.
1: Alrighty then.
0: Uh... So, yeah, if you've got a question for us on the podcast here, there are a couple ways you can get it to us. The first is telepathy. I'm always open to your thoughts. Just beam them directly into my head. If for some reason you don't seem to be reaching me, or if I keep saying cats, what do you want about cats? Uh, then you can try emailing us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com, subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, so you know it's for the show. Or you can just not do that. And then it's like, I don't know, Joe and I have to like, twerk off or something i'm not sure what we would have to do um
1: uh, that'll be a patreon stretch
0: <laughs> dun, 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 dun. anyway um or you know for that matter uh i'm gonna be completely upfront with you guys if you've got a question for our tavern watch it's a good time we're, we're doing a special tavern watch this week and um yeah we're gonna do a post about it this week so stay tuned and look at the site so you'll, you'll get to know what we're talking about
1: and but we have a you gathering can... your questions
0: yeah we we can also just tell them what that is. We can? Okay, cool. We uh, can, yeah. We're gonna have it's all Bre- confirmed. So. We're, we're going to have Brendan Conway from Magpie Games, who is the one of the main designers for Masks, one of my favorite games that, that they made. And uh, he's working on the Avatar Legends game, which, if you don't know, is probably a, almost to $7 million right now.
1: Should be about $7 million probably right now as we're recording it. Was it was at 6.9 earlier today.
0: Yeah, so it is the most successful role-playing game Kickstarter ever by like five and, and a half million. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's amazing. So we're going to have him on, we're going to ask him questions about the design for avatar, about what it's like to be working on a property that, that can do that um, about what they learned when they were doing other games like masks, which is, again, I'm going to be asking so many questions about masks. Like, <laughs> is there going to be a special edition of masks thing like that? But yeah, you can email us at podcastblizzardwatch.com for questions for that, which would be great uh because otherwise it's probably just going to be me going so when are we getting a deluxe edition of masks and have you thought about doing any more mask stuff you know where do you live so i can you know come to your house and talk more to you about masks when you're trying to sleep (laughs) which i'm pretty sure he's not going to tell me um but yeah uh if you don't want to send us an email you can also go to our our discord server um there's the q patron no there's podcast uh I'm bloody heck! I can't it's patron Q and podcast questions channel. Wow. I've got that wrong in a while. Uh, where if you're a patron, you can ask questions there. And we, we, we go in and look for them because you know, we like to give patrons something like that to, to help thank them for having supported the show. Uh, but if you can't, you're not a patron, you just don't have the money right now. We do also look in the Q questions channel. Um, because, we, we do want to help, you know, our, our whole audience is important to us, not just the people who give us money. We just really like the people who give us money <laughs> because it means we can keep doing this. And that's important. Uh, but yeah, right now, we've got a bunch of questions uh, going to have Liz and Joe trade off. So Liz, if you don't mind going first.
2: All right. So I see
0: the first question from Tetsimi. question for the
2: queue, blizzard watch and oral watch. What is your favorite X is haunted meme? Call back to Prophet Velen. The Moon is Haunted from last week. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, The Moon is Haunted is such a classic. How can you outdo The Moon is Haunted? I'm not.
0: I really sure. don't have anything for
2: this
0: one. So I'm not what sure. What do y'all think? I think that if I was going to say that the one that I thought was better, um, quite frankly, that I do like the one that Taryn, Taryn Gregory was the one who shared this one on his. Yeah, Twitter. he's
1: that. That was his tweet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that one's one of my favorites, but. <laughs> The other one I like is one that combined, do you guys know, there's a meme about the four panel format of a comic strip from years ago? Yeah. Uh, the Lost meme. It, it, I saw one that was basically that, but was like people talking about the moon being haunted. And it's one of those ones that took me like a, a solid five minutes of staring at it to recognize what it was. But once I got that one, I was like, oh, oh, it's like getting hit in the head with a two by four. And I like that one a lot. But that's I think that's basically it. I think honestly that the the Terran one is one of my favorites because it's just, you know, a haunted. What? Yeah. <laughs> a haunted.
1: I mean, I, I gotta I gotta give credit where credit's due. Like the Destiny one was probably like my favorite. So like it it started I think it was what, like twenty nineteen ish, maybe a little bit earlier. But it was just it was just funny. It was just like it's funny watching, you know, people in uh destiny costumes and and outfits, you know coming back for a gun. Where are you going? Moon's haunted. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they're all great. Like that they all have some really cool stuff. There there's another one out there floating around about um Link and uh Termina, the moon. So
0: Oh, yeah, Majora's Mask. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my god, Majora's Mask. Which I still maintain that my my Photoshop of uh Terminus Moon as a loon is the best thing ever. Uh but I might be biased. <laughs> but yeah, uh, favorite. Those are that's those are my favorites. Like I, I just think they're great. I think it's a great meme format. I like meme formats like this where it's it's not really directed at any specific thing and it's just fun. And you can do a whole lot with it because the moon is everywhere. Uh, I think I saw a James Bond one at some point, like a reference to Moonraker, which you know probably most of you listening don't remember that, but I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> uh, there, there's there's some good ones out. There.
0: Yeah, but I think we've pretty much answered it, so um, at this point, I'm going to try and get Joe to read the next one. Yeah,
1: there's no try, only do. Uh, this one comes from Nightmare. Uh, question for the queue or Blizzard Watch. Something occurred to me at the guild meeting today where most no one looked like they were equipped with anything from the current expansion and seen three versions of Hattie between hunters being fully functional with almost any pet from any expansion and Transmog factionality, turning any new gear into whatever power you use to upgrade your gear. Why the heck does Blizzard not just allow you to power up your gear, basically allowing you to gem, rune, word any special abilities in or out, while adding any new looks to your catalog? Uh, what the gear looks like. Uh, any more to me going back and Transmogging new gear to look I, look I work to get together is. Uh, I'm I'm sorry like. Uh, I think the basic idea is, why isn't Blizzard allowing us to, instead of transmog, take new items and basically use it to power up old items and bring them up to current standards? I think that is what you're asking, Nightmare. Um, That is a very good question, but it's also a very complicated question. Part of it is because WoW was never set up for that. There are games that do specifically that, where you can take an old item and imbue it into... Uh, with effects from the new item. Destiny does this, Um, and it works really, really well, but they also don't have a transmog system. WoW, on the other hand, has a transmog system so that you can literally just make anything look like anything else. I think it kind of accomplishes the same goal. The only difference is you don't have to keep things around uh, or destroy something if you don't want to, and you can just kind of make gear look like whatever. I think functionally though, it winds up equating to the same thing.
0: Yeah. But one thing to, that I wanted to point out about this, which is why I included it was that it accomplishes the same thing without making you have to make a game balance judgment. If you're empowering older items, then you have to worry about the older items. Like here's one example. Do you guys remember this the, the two-handed sword from dragon soul. Mm-hmm. Uh like all the weapons that came off the last boss, the, the Madness of Deathwing encounters, all the weapons had a weird proc on them. Mm-hmm. Girthalak's proc was that it made a like tentacle that would mind flay things in the area around you while you were using it. And if you were dual wielding Girthalax, each of them could proc a tentacle. So for Fury Warriors, Girthalak was best in slot by a huge margin. To the point where if you were using Girthalack, it and you couldn't get one of the same level, it was worth it to go to LFR and get the LFR Girthalac because it would still proc a second tentacle. So even though you, like say you had like the heroic one, which at the time was the highest level of rating, Mythic hadn't come in yet. If you had the heroic Girthalak in your main hand and you had you know, like another drop from from heroic um, Dragon Soul in your other hand, it would be worth it to go get the LFR version of Girthalac and use that instead because the proc was so good. If you were empowering weapons to be up to current standards, Girthalak's proc would make it one of the best weapons you could possibly get forever. You'd never not use it, which would mean that now instead of you going to have fun and and farm up a Girthalak just for transmog, you know, fun, you'd actually need to go get it. It would be a necessary drop for your DPS. And I think that's what transmog avoids. Yeah, but transmog transmog lets you look like you want, but it doesn't let that proc be overpowered forever
1: you're you're hitting on something though that I, I was trying to uh, i guess allude to and it's the idea of wow has so many stats and procs and and everything else that I, your point is 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 one hundred percent valid it becomes a, an issue with like now I mean like as a healer why wouldn't I power up valineer valineer is yeah one of the greatest creations that have ever been existent for a healer, I would just go back and power that up. And I would just dominate with chain heal in, in, in my uh, healing rain. Nobody I would be able to touch bubbles. me. Yeah. yeah. Because it procked off of all of that, like games that do this, that allow you to power up stuff, don't have complicated stats like that. They usually have like, in the case of destiny, you have a light level and then you have a couple stats associated with it and mods that you put on the items and, And that's it. So you can power something up. It very rarely does something have a proc. And then there are other things that, like, you lose the proc if you, you know, disable or if you use it to feed into something else. Like, it's it becomes a complicated mess when you start trying to do the power up stuff, especially when you You consider that WoW has been around for 16 years and how much how much loot is out there that could just break the game.
0: And it's it comes back to that concept of it's not designed for that system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you pointed out destiny is designed in such a way that that system works for it. Mm-hmm. But wow was designed so that gear would come and go. Um, like imagine if you could like imagine if they, if they hadn't made it. So artifacts got depowered at the end of Legion, if, if all your artifact would have been, yeah, that if, all been your, a thing. if all your artifact abilities still worked right now, you'd never switch away from them gear. You, you would no longer need weapon drops, period. You'd never use them again. Mm-hmm. You just keep, you just keep using the artifact because it would have so many powers. It was giving you, um, it, it, the amount of DPS that new weapons would have to do to get you to use them over artifacts would be a lot because it's just, I mean, seriously, there was an ability on that thing that just, you know, gave you a thousand percent more damage and it was endless. You could just go back to Legion and farm up more um, artifact power and keep bumping that thing up forever. And that's a system they didn't want to keep going forever. If you don't want people, if you want people to actually look forward to new gear in a game like WoW, where gear is like on a constant treadmill, you kind of can't let people go back to like, it's the same reason that time walking had to use a brute force solution to people using older sets. Mm Mm-hmm for time walking cuz and I'll be upfront I abused the heck oh, out of this. so
1: did I. 100%.
0: <laughs> I went and got my 2 piece tier 10 and my 2 piece tier 6 and I destroyed things. And it was it all worked because everything got scaled to the level you were at. Um so you could just wear that and just utterly destroy time walking. I still feel like they should have left that in because it was fun and it didn't hurt anybody, but they didn't want people to feel like oh, I got to go farm black temple now. And I get that. I understand that. And I think that's one of the reasons for transmog over a weapon boosting system like this.
1: Not to say that the idea doesn't have merit or that it's not a good idea in general. I just don't think it's a good idea for WoW.
0: Yeah, for for the game that we're currently playing, um, you need a lot of changes to make it work, in my opinion. I mean, there's also like trinkets. there's trinkets oh. from previous expansions I know both of you would use. There's healing trinkets you'd still be using <laughs> yeah. from, like, what, what was the Siege of Orgrimmar trinket that was, like, one that every healer wanted and would go crazy over?
1: Oh, I forgot what it was, but I still have it in my bank. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I'm the type of person that, like, I haven't gotten rid of those. Those exist in my bank. They, they, they're still here. Like, <laughs> I could go get them if that ever if it was ever a thing. But, yeah, I can't remember the name. But th- that wasn't the only one. There, there was a ton of class-specific ones as well that were just, like really, really, really dumb good, so.
0: Yeah, so I, I that's my thing. Uh, Liz, you got anything on this one before we move on?
2: I mean, I think I'm... I was thinking of this question from a totally different angle than either of you were, and, you know, it being about looks, because... You know, how many times have you gotten a new piece of gear, and it doesn't match what you're currently wearing, and you, like, walk outside the instance to pull up your transmog yak and change it so you look right? I've let people die in raid
1: because of it. 100%. Not even going to take it. No (laughs) shame.
2: Uh, So... Like, and you know, one of the reasons Blizzard got rid of reforging was because they didn't want you to have to run off to some NPC to reforge something whenever you got a new piece of gear. And Transmog has kind of become like that, because even if it's not important, even if it doesn't change our stats, we are so hyped about looking cool. Looking cool in the game matters so much that we will just bail on our raid group and go transmog these ugly shoulders we just got. And um, from, yet, that yet I, <laughs> from that perspective, From that perspective, I think the question makes a little more sense because it's like, okay, we're all wearing this old gear. Why do I have to like, why can't I just upgrade it and go into the raid and get new upgrade items? And then you don't have to worry about going to the transmog vendor, you know, every half hour when you kill something.
0: Uh, no that would be I I'll be upfront with you. Um that certainly would be one advantage to the system. I do think that it would still mean that people would have to go back and and farm old content and hope for a drop that may or may not happen. Yeah. Or Yeah, or quite frankly you'd have to make shadowmourne. And yeah. I don't want anybody to have to make yeah. shadowmourne because as you get more powerful, making shadowmourne is worse, not better. It's actually harder to do when you can solo the whole raid, because you will accidentally kill stuff before you get the quest conditions done. Yep. Shadow Shadowmoon's a, a huge pain to get done. You'll actually be better off if you bring 20 people with you. Um, but regardless, I do think you're right, and I do think that it would be cool if we didn't have to worry about transmog, but my solution to that would simply be to make transmog something you could just do. I'm right? into that too. Yeah, just no more having to have a mount to do it, although I would miss my yak um maybe maybe just make the transmog yak summonable inside
1: they have Not a like, they yeah. have a transmog station from engineers
0: yeah so do that kind of thing but you know i can get on my transmog mount i can't ride it like if i try to go anywhere it just immediately despawns but i can summon <laughs> him and transmog my stuff uh, I think that would be cool uh, but the, yeah i knew about the transmog thing yeah. because my wife's an engineer so yeah I've, I've been like please drop the thing <laughs> please i really i guess i gotta change this please drop the thing um, so yeah, let's stop
2: I, what we're doing. And I want to look pretty. I mean, exactly. That's
0: pretty, yeah. Like, like the other day, it's important. Like, it's important. Like the, the character I'm streaming, my, my dwarf warrior that I'm streaming on the, uh, the live stream right now, as we're doing this, uh, I spent literally every scrap of gold she had putting her in that outfit before we started recording. Like I have <laughs> nothing left. My, my, I got like a hundred gold left because I was going to be pretty for this. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. I just think, I think you've got a point, Nightmare, but I don't think it's something that would be easily adapted into the modern game.
1: I think we're ready for the next one, Liz, if you want to go ahead and and read it off.
0: And you can pick another one if you don't like the one that's right there.
2: Uh, Oh boy, okay. Yurik asked, regarding the end of Shadowlands, you guys referenced that Sylvanas could be the new Jailer. But what if she was something else? Zoval betrayed his siblings and was jailed. Then they took a piece of him and created the Arbiter, basically a robot. A new, balanced Arbiter would probably be better. Wouldn't a newly balanced Sylvanas fit the bill? She's not exactly killed, not exactly redeemed, but it would. But it would make for a fitting end unless they make her and Anduin two sides of the same Arbiter. Oh, all of
0: that's weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not down for the two-headed Anduin Sylvanas yeah, there.
1: Yeah, not for that. But I, I, <laughs> that be... I the idea I... of the go idea
0: ahead. of Sylvanas as the Arbiter doesn't upset me. Although it also doesn't really feel like it's not. Justice. I don't feel like the job. The job of the Arbiter. I mean, on one hand, it is extremely thankless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're basically just sitting there forever telling people, "Okay, you go here. You go." It's like being the Sorting Hat, except can, forever.
1: Can I ask a question? <laughs> sure. This is something I've been thinking about for a long time. Why does there have to be an Arbiter? I
0: don't have an answer to that question. The first one seemed to have set it up. As in terms of why they did so, I don't know.
1: But that—that that, I mean, that that's really, like, I'm wondering if that's where things are going to end with it, is, like, the fact that you don't necessarily have to have an Arbiter because the whole point of, like, Sylvanas railing against the system is because you have no choice, right? Like, that was her whole impetus for doing everything she did. Again, not saying she's right or wrong. I'm not I'm not going to play that game here. I'm just talking about the facts as they are presented. It's it's literally, I'm doing this because even in death, we are not free. Those are literal words she said. So what if at the end of this, there is no jailer? There are, There is no arbiter. There's just, you go to Oribos and you're asked what you want to do with the rest of your afterlife. And then if you well, are uh, ter- if you uh, are absolutely terrible, then the the animal police go and throw you into the mall.
0: I was gonna say I don't think many people would pick Revendreth.
1: Why not? There are people because in Reven- There are people in tortured. I can become you- a better person. I think some. I think there are some things that people would take that.
0: Uh, I don't think a lot. You would, could be. Cl-
1: you could be cleansed of the sins that make you a lesser mean. I, I'm not saying. That, I'm not saying that people would be going there in droves. But I don't think it's Let's a it zero way. number. I,
0: I don't think either Kael'thas or Garrosh would have signed up for that because neither of them thought they were wrong. So Which Garrosh is true. would have been send me to Meldraxxus because so I can conquer it. And eventually, after I rise up to the rank of you know Primus himself and overthrow that guy, I'm going to take the armies of Meldraxxus and invade the rest of the Shadowland. I'm not saying that we need to have an arbiter necessarily, but I don't know if we can just let people pick their destination either. And sure. that's that's an interesting thing to think about it's not i don't have an answer to it i think it's something to think about to consider like what do you do with the afterlife if there's nobody sitting above in judgment above everyone sending you off to some realm that you didn't you didn't sign up for Mm -hmm. what happens then do we need to actually have a revendreth like and if we do need to have it do we need it to have it be a place because that's the other thing where where
1: we we, when we talk about this on lore watch all the time sorry like but like We don't even know what the whole point of the Shadowlands really is, aside from being an engine of death that seems to recycle anima. Why? Like, why did the first ones need to set that up? Why couldn't things just die and have an afterlife? Like, there's so many weird, wild things that, like, we don't understand yet. But, like, all of it just seems like a—I'm not trying to, like, do the whole Savannah side with thing here, but, like, it seems like an oppressive system that was set up without anybody's consent— so like yeah, I can I can honestly see like why do you need it? We don't have the answer to that question yet. Does our universe cease to exist otherwise? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Liz. What do you think? No. Um.
2: I mean, you have a lot of good questions. One of the interesting things about Revendreth is that it's the only realm we've seen that really seems concerned with redeeming a soul. Uh. So you get these prideful souls like Kalethas, like. Uh, Garrosh. And I mean, obviously Garrosh was, you know, brutally tortured for Anima, but kind of the idea of the zone, which you get as, you kind of get that this endless torture is not quite what does, what Rivendreth is supposed to be about. It's about, you know, teaching a soul to be better, to want to be better, to understand that its past actions were bad. And kind of this whole it's a, it's a redemption thing, but none of the other zones really have quite the same thing.
0: Um, there was always a weird correlation Ar- between Bastion and Revendreth, where mm-hmm. Bastion, actually Maldraxxus too. Bastion, they want you to forget who you were until recently. Um, Maldraxxus, they want you to lean into who you were. Like, you know, you were a warrior. This is a warrior place. Be a warrior. Um, Revendreth is very much about, here's all the stuff you did that was wrong. And you know, now release it. And by releasing it, you give us power, we get anima out of it, and you get to no longer be defined by your past actions. So it's kind of interesting that they, they each of these realms does things differently. And Ardenweald, you turn into a to a squirrel.
1: Hey, Chufa <laughs> is my best friend.
0: I'm not saying he's you, not a great guy, but you know, I'm just saying it's like in Revendreth, what, you know it's like in Reverendreth they they try to purify you in Ardenweald, would you like to be a moose?
1: Hey, listen, if I want to sing that I was a young warthog, I'm going to do that, okay? I'm not saying you it's You cannot bad. take I'll this just, from me, you, Matt. I'm do do just pointing out. You know, <laughs> it's
0: like, so do you feel more like a giant horse or maybe you're a bunny? You think you're a bunny? He, I could spider. be a bunny.
1: Torking spider.
0: You figure, out, you figure out what your best
2: self is, and maybe it's a bunny. Maybe it's a squirrel. Maybe it's a giant moose. You don't know, but you figure out what that is, and then you can be that thing great but none of the other none of the other realms we see is really focused on helping a soul to reach like the next phase of its existence like we see the focus in Rivendrath it's all about okay you're here this is your job now it's like you go to Bastion okay now you serve the Shadowlands and you're gonna ferry souls around you go to Maldraxxus okay now you defend the Shadowlands you're gonna hit things with a sword isn't that great and you go to Ardenwield. Okay, I don't really understand what the point of Ardenwield is. I guess Yeah, you're a
0: gardener. It's it's basically um, you know you exist to reincarnate. Mm-hmm. All these all these people require a support system so they can go back and exist again in the world of the living. Um, it's I, I'm positive we're going to see more about this in the Emerald Dream and all that stuff later. But regardless, you're you're totally right. Um, revendreth is the only place that seems to be actually concerned with redemption, and it did work on Kalefoss to some degree. He seems to be interested I mean, in to, redeeming himself
2: to some degree, but kael'thas also still doesn't think anything he did was wrong. So it's like it's really a work it's- in
0: progress. He's got some time.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Garrosh, who went out saying, "I would do it all again, and I never did anything wrong in my entire life. It was all good." kael'thas is kind of still like, "I'm the Lord of the Blood Elves." And I did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm, Deal with mm-hmm. it. And it's like, are you sure about that, Kale? Because I mean, I, as a blood elf, I kind of know.
1: And, and, <laughs> and he is starting to like, as you work with like, in, in the nine point one questline, like there is sort of like him having that conversation with Vosh and starting to like slowly grow yeah. as a being, right? Like,
0: well, yeah, there's that part where maybe the Burning Legion stuff wasn't the best move. In <laughs> retrospect, maybe. He's like moved like a millimeter forward
2: towards some eventual redemption process, but he's a long
0: way away. Oh yeah, but I'm not <laughs> I do think it does it just does does still kind of stand for your point though, that it at least is it is their their job and their mission to at least attempt it. So that there is something. I, I do think ultimately whether or not the Shadowlands needs to have an Arbiter at all, that's something we might find out more in in future patches. Um, It definitely feels like that's 9.2 in the Sepulchre of the first ones is leading us towards something where we might find some revelation as to the origin of the Shadowlands and why
1: it is the way it is. Turned out the first ones just wanted to take a vacation day.
0: To,
2: to really answer the question of whether we need an arbiter and who would be a good jet who would be a good fit for the arbiter, whether that's Sylvanas or just no, you know, who's the best arbiter. We have to know what is the purpose of the Shadowlands. Because all of the zones we've seen have totally different purposes. And very few of them are to help the souls that land there. Most of them are like, okay, here's your job, here's your time card. Be sure to have it in at the end of the day. And so we just don't know.
0: We don't know. Yeah, I agree. But I think at this point, we're actually at
1: time. We are. Um,
0: So, uh, Joe?
1: I've got this covered, my friends. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast-siting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience.
0: Uh, thank you, Joe. Going to do that there, final thought question daily because I, I want to. What would you like if you were basically given the job of coming up with what the Shadowlands ultimate purpose was? What would you decide it was? Uh, Liz, go.
2: Why do you just have to throw these big questions out of the blue? Um, I, I think what the Shadowlands lacks right now is like creativity. You have all of these realms that are set in their ways. And You know, you're dead. You shouldn't be tied to all of this stuff. You're still kind of changed your life in a way that you've been sectioned off into this specific faction based on who you are. And shouldn't death be like the time you're cut free? I mean, why are we so regimented here and tied down and locked into these covenants? Which, of course, is back to the point Sylvanas was made, that we're trapped even in death. Why is it like that? It should, like, it doesn't have to be like that. It should be, I don't know if I've answered the question at all, but it should be a more, like, (laughs) open experience where you can kind of go what direction you want. You're, you're dead. Why are you still tied to the person you were in life? Move on. I mean, the point should be to get you to move on. And right now, Ribbendreth is kind of the only covenant that works on that. And maybe Ardenwield's sending you back to life. But
0: Hey, Bastion tried to get people to let go of their past lives, no matter the cost. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation.
1: Joe, you're up. So the biggest problem that I've had with Shadowlands the entire time is the fact that it basically flies directly in the face of everything that you are taught as a shaman for the entire duration of the time that you have played this game uh, from the very beginning to the very end. And this is a weird thing maybe for me because I'm so like into shaman. But, like, it's the idea of ancestors. And there's always this this presentation that dying and going to the Shadowlands was supposed to be a release. But it was supposed to be a release in which you could go and be with those you cared about or those that were your ancestors. And you could have that sort of, that continued existence in in sort of, like, a peaceful way. And then we get there and we realize that that's really not the case. And as a matter of fact, at the end of, like, the 9.1... Uh, campaign line. And, like, if you go and just run around Corthia there's conversations that you can eavesdrop on. Um, If you are in Ardenweld, there are conversations you can eavesdrop on with, like, the spirits and stuff like that, the talk about stuff like this. Um, And honestly, like, the Night Elves kind of got the better, uh, not the Burning Alive thing, but in the afterlife, they're all getting sent back to Ardenweld. They're all going to be together. But Draka's not with her husband, right? Um, you, 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 Morgraine is doesn't get to be with his kids. Like everybody's separated, everybody's apart unless you get lucky enough to be sorted into the same covenant. And so, like, it sort of flies in the face of everything you kind of were taught as a shaman and talking with your ancestors. Now, maybe they were assigned under an NDA and uh, maybe there were forced arbitration that told them that they weren't allowed to talk about the afterlife actually was, I don't know. Uh, This is me trying to make light of a terrible situation. I apologize. Um, But it's, it's weird. Like it, it seems almost disingenuous from what we've, we've been told about it. And that makes me curious if it was ever the way that we were told about by our ancestors, that it was all we can go and have peace and, you know, have this sort of like existence as spirits with those that we love. So I, I'm very curious where the disc, uh, if there's a story reason for that or not. Uh, as for me, I think it's pie. Pie? Yeah. Is, <laughs> it haun- pie. Is it haunted pie?
0: I mean, by definition, I mean, they're all <laughs> dead people there. Yeah, of course it's haunted. Uh, No, I don't. uh, Basically, we don't have a lot of time. So I don't want to run into a really deep thing here. But I think that the fact that, you know, the orcs were telling people about shamanism and the ancestors, while at the same time, their spirits were walking over to Asha going to be consumed by Anaru, implies that there was always something weird going on there. Like shamanism Mm -hmm. was never accurate. Joe's base his entire life is a lie. I mean, he's been wrong this whole time. Uh, He's going to have to come to terms with it. But regardless, I'm being a bit of a dick now. That was kind of a joke. (laughs) But in all seriousness, there's always been more to this stuff than we've seen. And then not just shamanism, the light, the void, all of it. We're finding out that a lot of our perspectives have been from a certain place because that's the place we've lived our entire lives. It's the place we existed. So, of course, we see things a certain way. Um, and only now that we've actually stood in the shadowlands are we getting to see it from that perspective so i do think that there's will be more but you know hey maybe there won't be maybe we'll get to the like the end of this expansion i'll be like hey anyway thanks guys back to azeroth wait we've just found out that our entire belief system was was strangely inaccurate yeah just have fun figuring that out bye i don't know uh but anyway this has been the blizzard watch podcast thank you guys so much for being here with us uh my thanks to both Joe and Liz for being on the show with me as they've been past few weeks. It's always fun to do this kind of rambling talk about various things show that we do. Thank you guys for listening and we'll be back next week.